just focus in on three of those verses Uh, they've been read to us we heard them quoted in that last cartoon video Harry S. Truman said there is nothing new in the world except the history you do not know Marie Antoinette said there is nothing new except what has been forgotten Mahatma Gandhi said I have nothing new to teach the world truth and non-violence are as old as the hills all I have done is to try experiments in both on as vast a scale as I could I suggest to you when it comes to the events of Christmas and of course we're then looking back 2,000 years you say well surely there can't be anything at all new to say about it and especially when you think that even this week around the world there will be literally tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe running to millions of men who will be standing up preaching about what happened 2,000 years ago. You might well be sitting there thinking, well, what on earth have you got new to say? Well, if you're thinking like that, of course, the answer is absolutely nothing. But then what we don't want something new And we're not after trying experiments with something that's old. What we want to do is to revisit the truth that has existed for 2,000 years that the Bible records for us and re-examine that truth and restate that truth. And what I want us to focus on is the truth contained in these three verses. Just listen to them. They're there in Luke's Gospel. You can find them in your Bible afterwards. Luke chapter 2 and verses 10 to 12. This is what it says. It's the angel speaking to the shepherds. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I want us to just note first of all that this is an historical Event, Sorry, a historical event. Look at the start of verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. This is not some rumour that your great-grandfather heard from a friend of his down the pub when he was half drunk. This is not some story that sort of circulated in various places and had been embellished and you're not sure whether you can trust it or not. What we have recorded for us in God's word, the Bible, which we believe is inerrant, without error, is the coming of an angel, a holy messenger from God, to give this message. And Luke records it for us in quotes. He says, this is what the angel said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. He identifies the day in history when it happens. He identifies the place in geography where it happens he says this day in the city of David this event takes place it was witnessed by shepherds it was witnessed by people there in the town it was the cause of many many babies being put to death by the king then when he heard about it because he thought this was someone who was going to challenge him for his throne this is an actual historical factual Event. It took place in our history just over 2,000 years ago in a place that you can visit in Israel in the Middle East. It was a historical event, but it was also a divine event. 
just stick with verse 11 for a moment there what does it say at the end of verse 11 angels still speaking about this baby and he says who is Christ the Lord now this baby and he grows on to become a man and uh, the Bible records for us his life what he did most especially how he died and why he died and how he rose again generally speaking we talk about him as being Jesus Christ it's actually a bit misleading to call him Jesus Christ it would be better to call him Jesus the Christ because Jesus is his name that's the name his parents gave him it wasn't uh, a unique name to him it was a very popular name it means God saves it's the same name that in the Old Testament is Joshua God saves that's his earthly human name Christ is a title Christ is the Greek equivalent of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Messiah. It means God's anointed. The one that God has chosen and God has sent into the world on his mission. And what the angel says here to the shepherds is this one who has been born is the Messiah, the Christ. God's anointed one. Now every faithful Jew had been waiting for the coming of Messiah. Hundreds of years they've been looking forward to when Messiah comes. And now the angel says to the shepherds, in effect, Hey guys, I've got great news for you. The one that your nation has been looking forward to for hundreds of years has arrived. He's been born today. In the city of David, in Bethlehem, you can go and visit him. In fact, go and visit him. You need to see this. Now friend, don't make no mistake about what happened 2,000 years ago that we celebrate at Christmas. It is absolutely a factual historical event. And we live in a culture and we live in a land where it's becoming very incorrect to talk about the birth of Jesus and in fact Jesus and Christmas. They drop into the title Christmas. This historical event most of the world has set its whole dating system by this one event BC before Christ AD and O Domini the year of our Lord it's the marking point in world history this birth this one unique special birth it's a historical event but it's a divine event it's not just a baby boy being born it's a baby boy being born who is actually God in human flesh God has intervened in world history. God has invaded planet earth in the birth of this baby. Jesus Christ who has lived forever, he is the eternal God, at this moment in history takes on a second nature, one like ours. The Bible says he's born of woman, born under the law, to save those, redeem those who are under the law, meaning us. The third thing we see here is this. It's a necessary event. I wonder what you'd ask, answer if I was to ask you, well, why did Jesus have to be born? Interesting thing to go out and ask people around Iceland and uh, in your place of work, I guess. Well, look, we're celebrating Christmas. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Why do you think Jesus had to be born? And I guarantee you that most people won't have a good answer for it. Now, it's already been said to us in one of the places that this wasn't an accident. This was God's plan. 
I've skipped one bit in verse 11 at the moment. Let me just read you the whole verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, we looked at that bit, a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. You see, the angel not only tells them where he's going to be born, he not only tells them when he's going to be born, he not only tells them that it's a divine event as well as a historical one, but he tells him why he's being born. He is a saviour. Now you don't need a degree in English and you don't need a degree in logic to understand that if you need a saviour, it's because there is someone or something that needs saving. It's fairly obvious, isn't it? A saviour saves. That's what they do. So for the angel to say the child that's been born is a saviour, implicit in that is the fact that there are people who need saving. And to understand that, we need to go right back to the start of human history. You see, what the Bible tells us is that when God made this world, he made it absolutely perfect. I don't know how many times when I've been talking to someone about the Bible and Jesus Christ, about their first objection is this. If there's a loving God, how come there's, and then they'll cite something that's happening in the world today. And I understand where they're coming from. If there is a God in heaven who is all-powerful and all-loving, how comes this world is in such a mess? And let's be honest, it is, isn't it? It's in a terrible mess. But what the Bible tells us is that God did not make it that way. When God made the world, he made it perfect. It says when he completed the whole thing, after each day he said it is good, after he created the whole thing, he said it is good, it is very good. And that's God's assessment. The powerful God of all creation looks at what he's made and he says it's very good. Now what happened then to change it from being this perfect world into this mess that we live in today? And the Bible tells us. God created man and woman, he put them there in the Garden of Eden and he said to them, I want to make this as easy as possible for you to live in a good relationship with me. I'll make it as easy as I possibly can without depriving you of choice, without taking away your ability to think for yourselves. I want to make this as simple as possible. So listen up, I'm just going to give you one rule. I've created you all these wonderful trees to eat from. The one rule is this, don't eat from that tree. Eat from all the others but not that one. If you eat from that one, you'll die because you will have disobeyed me. The Bible tells us that sadly, tragically, when Satan came and tempted them, they ate from that tree. And when they ate from that tree, they brought upon themselves the consequences of doing that. The whole of the world went from being a perfect place and, and to being a place under a curse. We die. That was never in God's original design of this world. We get old, get grey hairs, they fall out, I forget things computers go wrong all these sort of things that are happening in our world men start fighting with men why are, why are people killing each other in this world I mean it's ridiculous why, why is somebody taking up weapons to kill somebody else it's madness why is somebody raping somebody else why is someone hurting it does not make any sense at all except for the fact that we've rebelled against God and therefore we, we've lost that right focus that right relationship people talk about a moral compass the 
problem is we've destroyed the North Pole. We said we won't listen to God. We won't look to God. We don't want to take any notice of what God says. And then we wonder why our moral compass is just swinging around all over the place. And the angel says, this baby that's been born has come to save people out of their mess. Because we're all in a mess, aren't we? I don't know about you, but I'm very quick to look at other people and recognise what their mess is. I've got back into watching Judge Judy. It's a bit sad, isn't it? Um, but I do find myself, on occasions at least, watching Judge Judy. And, and it's amazing how quick I am to spot which one's wrong and what they do it done wrong and, you know, what she should find and who she should be finding guilty. And That's good. I, I'm good at that. But the problem is I'm not good at doing it with myself. I want to believe that I'm good. And then I look in the Bible and it tells me, but you're not good, Dave. You're in the same mess as everybody else. But by, by nature, you think wrong things, you do wrong things, you say wrong things. My friends, if you could see what my mind is like at times, you would be appalled. I'm not proud of that. I'm absolutely ashamed of it. But I can be honest enough to admit it. So it's necessary that God sends a saviour because we can't save ourselves. How many people make New Year's resolutions? Okay, how many people used to make New Year's resolutions? Yeah, see? We used to. And then we give up. Why? Because they don't work. You know, we try to fix ourselves and we just can't fix ourselves. Not even over simple little things like eating less. You know, or, or um, I don't know what we make New Year's resolutions about, going jogging every day. I mean, we can't even do it in the easy things. When it comes to fixing the way we think and the way we relate to one another, and the, most especially the way we relate to God, we can't fix those things. So the only way they can be fixed is if God sends a saviour. And what the angel says to the shepherds is this, this baby that's been born, that's an historic event, a divine event, is an absolutely necessary one because the world needs a saviour. To save people out of their mess. And that's who this Jesus is. And then finally, see this. It's a good news event. Did you see that? Verse 10. The angel said to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. If he'd only said... I bring you good news of great joy. We could all sit here tonight and say, wow, that's sad. I'm not one of those shepherds. I've missed it. But he doesn't just say that. He says, I bring you great news of great joy that will be for all the people. Hands up this evening if you don't qualify as one of all the people. We're, we're all included. If it was only for the Jews, I would be very upset tonight. If it was only for those who were alive, when Jesus was alive on earth, he's still alive in heaven, I would be very upset. If it was only for the really intellectual, I'd be upset. If it was only for the very good, I would be upset. But the reason it's good news is because it's for all the people. My friend, that includes all of us tonight. And this is where it gets very personal, and this is where it gets vitally important. That what the angel is therefore saying is this. You and I need a saviour. Now we can try and convince ourselves otherwise. 
we can impress the people we work with quite easily because they only see us for a few hours a day. We can probably impress our parents or our husbands or wives or our partners or whatever to a degree, but we can't con God. See, the Bible tells us that God sees inside our very beings. He knows every thought that goes through our heads. He knows us inside out, back to front. We cannot con God. And if we're really honest, we can't con ourselves, can we? I know at the end of the day that I am not good enough to go into God's home, which is heaven. I'm not good enough to go there. I'm not good enough to go into a place of perfection. I'll foul it up straight away. No, the only way that I can be saved is if God sends a saviour to rescue me. And that's who Jesus Christ was and is. And that is why he came. He came to die. He's the only human being ever in the history of this world who has been born for one specific purpose, and that was to die. We've all got to die, but he came to die. But listen, this is the important thing. He didn't come to die because he deserved it. He came to die because we deserve it. He came to die in the place of any and every human being who will put their trust and their hope and their confidence in him and give God back their lives and say, Lord, I've fouled it up. I don't want to run this anymore. You run it from here on. And instead of saying, right, I'm going to decide how I run my life, we'll say, I want to know how God wants me to run it. So they'll turn to the Bible and they'll find there how God wants them to live their life. And with God's help, that's how they'll live it. That is not easy. That's incredibly hard. But it's absolutely possible because Jesus died to make it possible. My friends, we're all celebrating Christmas in a couple of days' time. Five days, is it? Five days. So you can see the ones who are counting down. Five days' time, we're going to be celebrating Christmas. I wonder what you're celebrating this Christmas. Is it just having the family round? Is it just, well, surely it's not watching TV. I've been looking, well, I haven't looked through, but I've seen some of the adverts. Is there ever going to be anything any good on at Christmas on TV anymore? You know, watching TV, eating the food, I'm looking forward to that. Is it just going to be about the historical event of Jesus? Or is it going to be about celebrating the fact that you know this Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and friend? Because you've come to him and you've sought his forgiveness. You've admitted that you've mucked your life up and you've put your trust in him to save you. And so you've discovered what it is to have been there in effect where the shepherds were. To have come to Jesus and worshipped him not just as a baby but as your saviour. Freshmen are going to be brought in a minute. Before they do, we're going to sing one last carol. Someone's bouncing up and down on the back pew. There's a lady in this church, and it's probably no exaggeration to say, at least once a month she'll say, are we going to sing Hark the Herald Angels this Sunday? She loves it. But we're going to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which is a lovely carol 
think about the words as we sing it then we'll just close in prayer and the refreshments will be brought through Please be seated.